yeah, the, the the phone just wasn't ringing. So so you, you know I I you know people were opening my emails and and whatnot. So uh, I hired a really amazing vice president of sales, Rick Anderson. He amazing. He is one of the. I, 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 I'm not just saying this because you might listen to this. He really is the best salesperson I ever worked. He's with. still on the team after thirteen years. He's still years. on the team. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. That's you know, he's been with me about. Seven, six or seven years. Now. Okay, okay, okay. Um, um, and I had some good people before him, but exceptional, exceptional. So I think that's the lifeblood too. I think sometimes as founders, we want to do everything, and things that we either don't have time to do or we're not good at, we have to delegate. That is perfect closing. I love this because I am very obsessed with this. Um, do what you do best and outsource the rest. That is my philosophy in my business. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> do what you do best and outsource the rest. It rhymes. Yes, yes just be in your genius. Fearless and Successful Podcast is hosted by Coach D. That is me. <laughs> Designed for change makers just like you. As a coach, activator of human potential, and freedom architect, I have one mission with this podcast. To inspire you to dream big, plan for success, and impact the world. I love all things mindset, money, and manifestation. So I will be sharing my favorite tips and tricks to help you activate your infinite potential by taking aligned and inspired action. You can also expect fearless stories from leaders around the world who designed life and business on their own terms. If we can do it, so can you. If you're ready, my fearless friend, let's get this party started. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, fearless people. We are tuning in from Stockholm, as always, um, and we are heading in on in at Anaheim, Southern California, where Mickey My Mouse lives. <laughs> yes. Hello, Jim Jaqueta. Yes. From Vidovation. Welcome. Hello. Do Do you like to be called D? I noticed your signature is just D, or or Diana. Diana? Yeah. You didn't even ask me and you know, wow. <laughs> so good. Um, I love when people actually do their homework and, and get to to kind of uh, meet the host beforehand. So I did exciting. listen to a few episodes. I, Thank I did. You. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. So much fun. I'm super excited to have you on the pod where, you know, our mission is always to bring inspirational stories and also the three pillars that I always love to create content are around like, so it's, it's ed educational, it's uh, encouraging, and it's also um, entertaining. And I know we had a conversation before we started and you're kind of a fun guy. So it, we promise you guys, we're going to have some fun. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yes. I won't disappoint. Cool. So a, a, a little bit about Jim. So what, oh, Jim, you know what? I think yes. that I would love, before we go into a little intro, I would love for you to actually, we had this conversation before we started, um, and I would love for you to just explain um, where are you and why is this a cool place? <laughs> I know that I mentioned. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, 
we're uh, we're based in Southern California. Um, some of you may be able to tell that maybe I'm not a Southern, a native Californian. Um, I I I think I I don't sound like it, but I am originally from New York. So certain words like I'm gonna have a sip of my coffee, my coffee right now, <laughs> or I'll have a drink of water, water. So certain words uh, give it away. So I, I was born born and raised in New York. Um, I lived most of my life, my adult life there, and then I met my wife in San Diego. Uh, we got married. We lived in New York 16 years, uh, but uh, that was about all my wife could take. She missed her beautiful, sunny Southern California. So uh, we moved back here to uh, uh, Southern California about 12, 13 years ago. Amazing, amazing. And why ask? Because New York is definitely my dream destination. And I've been like, yeah, this I'm, always when I get to meet people who are from New York, I'm like, yeah, this is another sign. I'm going to get there someday. <laughs> so, do, do you like uh, shows, you know, musicals, Broadway? Uh, uh, you all the performance. All all the performance. <laughs> uh, the, some of the best food is there. Uh, some, you know, Italian food, of course. But uh, actually, we're we're doing um, uh, NAB New York show at Jacob Javits in New York in October. And uh, I'm a little obsessed with food. I'm a, I'm a bit of a foodie. We're already plan as part of the trip. You know, the show, the logistics, the marketing. But where are we going to eat? And Ninth uh, Avenue uh, uh, is called Hell's Kitchen, yes. part of Ninth Avenue. That's where we're going to be hanging out to eat. So if you, it's in the third week in October, if you'd like to come. And the weather is perfect in October. It, it's not really? too cold yet. The uh, uh, September, you know, October, the leaves on the trees start to change colors. So nice. the, fall, the fall in New York City, that was my wife's favorite time nice and that's nice, coming nice. from a californian so that was so i have three girls and the two oldest one they celebrate their birthdays in december so we are planning december um so we're gonna see but you guys if you're in new york third week of uh, october <laughs> hook up with jim <laughs> yeah 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 so very good so cool so uh, with more than 25 years of experience in designing, integrating, and deploying live television production, transmission, distribution, streaming systems, Jim Jaquetta is the driving force behind Vidovation's world-class technology that makes the impossible and never been done before a viable solution within your daily business operations. Using modern, easy-to-support technology, Jim and the talented Vidovation team creatively design, implement, and support wireless cellular IPTV video over IP and fiber optics installations that meet your organization's business goals and at price point that fits any size, scope and budget. It sounds so, so good to actually, I was reading this, you guys, um, but it, it sounds- <laughs> You're so hired. You, you know our pitch. You want a job <laughs> in the marketing department? Um, but it, when I was reading this, it's like, oh, so imp I love the words impossible, never been done before. So tell us uh, first, let's go there and then we're going to go how you started because we talked about your dad yeah. and really how your story kind of started with your brother. But tell us like, what does actually mean that you are bringing the impossible and never done before 
solutions. Yeah, no, I, I mean, as you read, that's part of our mission statement. So I, I can give you a couple examples. So uh, started Vitovation about 12, 13 years ago. Uh, one of our first major customers was the National Hockey League. Um, is hockey, you, you, you live in a colder climate, right? Do you know how to skate? Are you a good skater? Yes, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you do, you, do you, is a professional hockey? Yes, hockey? yes. Yeah, Sweden yeah. is one of the top top um, yeah. hockey players yeah. in the world. <laughs> yeah, all all the all the players. Um, um, wait, uh, Henrik Lundqvist the, was the goalie for the Rangers. He's from Sweden, right? Yes, yes. That's I've true. been I've been accused of having a man crush on him because <laughs> uh, I'm from New York. Uh, you know, he's a good he's a good looking man, but and he was an amazing goalie. So I get very, you know, I get very involved and I become my customer's biggest fan. And, you know, if you're a fan of what you do or what your customer does, it's not really work. You know, it, it's fun. So executives at the NHL for years had this problem where they couldn't tell if the hockey puck was in or out of the goal. Um particularly those low shots where it, it, it squeezes through King uh, Henrik's, uh, uh, you know, the five hole between the legs. That's the, in America, we call it the five hole between the legs. It squirts through or he's covering it with his body because he doesn't want the ref to see that the goal's in. So the camera was kind of a little behind and would peek at the line. And, you know, there was some, no, no fault of the referees, uh, and the officials, but you know they 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 miss some calls. You know it, it it's uh, I mean in 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 the UK when a when a football a soccer uh, uh, call is is made bad, the fans will burn the stadium down. Right? They you know you don't you don't mess with their sport. So the, the NHL and some of the NHL owners felt that the game was being tainted by some questionable calls. So we were brought in. I met the senior executives at the NHL, uh, Grant Nodine, EVP of, of technology. I met him at a trade show and he saw some bits and pieces. He saw a camera and a wireless link in our trade show booth. And he's like, hey, Jim, um, can you take that camera and integrate it with that radio? And can you make it run for six hours on battery? Uh, because I can't run an extension cord under the ice because that's water. That would be dangerous. See, water. See, the New Yorker, water. Uh, so, you know, I remember visiting, you know, Grant invited us to, to, to NHL headquarters. Um, me, one of my guys, and one of his top guys, we were in a conference room for like three or four hours. And Grant was drawing. I said, well, what do you want? What do you want it to look like? And he drew different ideas of what he wanted. Uh, he had a pretty clear picture of what he wanted. And then I went back to my team and like, can we make this? And, uh, you know, I didn't make every part of the system, but it was an integration. So I found a group of vendors, you know, one vendor made the housing, one vendor made the radio, another vendor integrated the radio and the camera together. And, and we worked very hard uh, integrating that all. So so it, it was basically, you know, a solution didn't really exist. And we just built it from the ground up. Uh, we also used um, a frequency band that was brand new or that really hadn't been used 
for television, the 60 gigahertz band, uh, 60 gigahertz primarily now 5G technology, it's starting to roll out now, but you know, 13 years ago or 20 years ago, 60 gigahertz was for satellite communications between satellites. So we applied that technology to video transmission and uh, we, we, we enjoyed working with the NHL for seven, seven years, the contract lasted seven years. So we did the first generation of, of cameras and I saw a lot of hockey games. I've been to like maybe 20 of the 31, 32 different venues in the US and Canada. So it's a lot of fun. That's so, so interesting. So would you say that that was like um, your breakthrough into the industry and, and kind of uh, leading the way or paving the way where, where your company will go um, through the, the, was that the big score? Well, I, I, yeah, so I, I had been, I'd been in the industry for more than 30 years. So, so 12 years ago, I had moved to California. I, I had, um, my brother graciously bought me out of my share of the family business, uh, Multidine, the business I mentioned before the call uh, that my dad started. Uh, so my brother runs that business now. So it was enough money to start a company, but it wasn't enough to retire. So I used that money to start Vidovation. So the hockey project was the big uh, catalyst for the new company at the time, um, uh, Vidovation. I also why I'm like asking, to, yeah, why yeah. I'm asking this, because it's like, tell me, I want to know, because we are at the Fearless and Successful podcast, and I want to know, like, was there at any point, like, this is the big deal, right? Did you for, for a second or a moment doubted that this is going to go through? Uh, or was there any, like, I don't want to do this. This is too big. Tell me about something that was challenging and you sure. and your team went through. Well, so, so, you know, I had strong relationships with customers solving problems at the old company, Multidine. So I left and I was a little naive or, or maybe wishful thinking. I thought my customers would just naturally follow me or be curious. What do you, what are you doing next, Jim? We want to be part of it. And I'm like, I got to start over. Yeah, yeah, you know, not, no, I didn't start from zero. You know, those, those prior relationships, of course, helped, but uh, it was a lot harder than I, than I thought, you know, may, I may have been a little, a little, little naive. So, uh, but it didn't take very long. Um, we, it was probably uh, about nine months that we had this opportunity in front of us for the NHL, and then maybe a little over a year that we we closed that that we started working with them. But that was that was the launch of the company. But yeah, I didn't give up. You know, the 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 nine months leading to that. Now it wasn't a fluke. It was a lot of work. Um, it was a lot of money. I had to, can you know, I had to do a lot of listening. You know, well, why, why, you know, NHL, why do you think you need this camera? Well, it's hurting the game. Um, then there were um, part. You know, we talked about before the before the uh, the podcast. We talked about you know sales and 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 business development and 
Uh, yes, technology is important in, in any business or whatever the product is or the service you provide. But if you don't have any customers to sell to uh, or to provide services to, the, the company is gonna, gonna fail. So, so, you know, me and my team, we did a lot of listening. You know, why do you think you need this camera? What, what, what is happening? Well, the game is being tainted. Well, what do you think that's worth? Oh, that's priceless. So like, okay, that's a good answer. Uh, or, um, um, you know, then there was talk, we could, we could put more referees on the ice. You know, there was, there was a, a thought to have a ref stand. You know, sometimes they stand on, on, in the netting of the goal. So they're like, they're hanging on the back. I don't know if you've ever seen that in the game. Uh, they'll hang on there. So we'll have two extra guys, two extra refs. And in the U.S., they get paid $1,200, $1, $2,000 a game. You know, these refs are very highly paid. It's a dangerous uh, position. So I'm doing the math, 1,280 games a year, 1,500. So I came up with a number of what it would cost, what, what the plan B would cost, having more referees. And then amortizing that over a five to seven year lifespan of the product, uh, you know, because I wasn't in the room with the decision makers. I had to convince Grant and, and his uh, 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 number two guy at the time, Dan, and the, the CTO of the NHL, and, and even Gary Bettman, the commissioner. But even the commissioner's not the final say. There's a closed door meeting with all the owners. So I had to give the NHL people that I was in contact with the ammunition we need these cameras. This is good for, for hockey. It's good for business. And it improved the game. You know, it, 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 it got shots that they normally wouldn't see. Calls were made correctly that, that maybe wouldn't have been uh, gotten correct. So I think it's a very successful example of solving a problem and then seeing the benefit uh, thereafter for years to come. So what, what I'm hearing is is not just because some people think like, oh, this was a lucky shot. You know, you were there at the right time and right place. But what I'm hearing, like you were listening and you did this research. What would that be? What is the benefit for the customer? And what you said from the beginning, I really love this. My cust I'm my customer's biggest fan. Um, it's yes. really, you got yourself immersed into what is it for them? How can they win and not me? And I love this perspective because it, 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 it creates an irresistible offer. And we mentioned also sales. Um, when you become, when you actually offer something to someone that it's irresistible and just makes like, yeah, that, you know, that is a hack. Yes. You know, you create this, this beautiful relationship of a win-win situation. Right. So yeah, I love that. Um, my next question would be, you know, going from, so, so creating the business, what were some of the, like, so one, one thing, what were some of the challenges growing the business and scaling the business? Um, maybe even in a leadership, um, you have your own team, maybe in that area. Um, and what do you feel that there is like now the biggest strength of your company? Yeah. I, I mean, there, there's always challenges. I, 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 we invest heavily in our people. Um, I was uh, talking with someone recently about HR, uh, that kind of thing, that 
Um, yes, it's good to hire people with specialized skills or uh, those are all positives. But sometimes you get a little bit of an attitude then. I think someone, what I look for in hiring someone, um, yes, those intangible skills are great, but I would put before that a good attitude and an attitude to learn. Because how you, you come work for me, I, I might want to do things differently than the, the, you know, we did it this way. I've heard this from employees when they start out. Jim, why do you do it that way? In my old company, we did it a different way. It was like, well, tell me about that old way. You know, I, I will consider it, but, you know, it's like, I think that's kind of inefficient. This is how we do it here, and here's why. Cool. How important it is for you, I, I totally agree. Like, skills are, you know, everything is teachable. Everything, we can we can learn anything. How important it is for you, because you you are now in this mature um, stage of your, of your business, um, how important it is for your company to for your people that that are working with you to kind of uh, be in alignment with your vision and how do you communicate that vision i i well, well first i you know they always say in business or it's common in business to say you know put the customer first mm. of course we always put the customer first but i think it's tied you know or i've even seen uh leadership uh uh philosophies where you put the, the you put your employees first and then it it the the if you treat them well you you compensate them well you give them good benefits you support them uh it trickles through the customer you know i look at companies that have bad customer service it's like it must be horrible to work there yes uh they don't they don't enjoy what we're doing um i'm very enthusiastic what i do i have great people so i'm i'm spoiled um, yes, there have been some some rotten apples in the barrel on occasion, and uh, you know you have to make a change. Uh, that that I think that's one of the um, you know affecting someone's livelihood is, is not if somebody's not working out, but it's something you have to do. You know you 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 and you have to do it tactfully, gracefully. Um, try to help them transition to something else if you can. Mm -hmm. I'm a firm believer in severance, you know, so, you know, give them a little something, even if there was like, oh, the, the, the person practically burned the building down. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. You know, let them land on their feet. Don't, don't leave somebody hanging. Uh -huh. I don't, I don't think that's, that's a, a good philosophy. You know, you gotta, you gotta, gotta help your, your fellow man or woman that's out. Yes, so much value in this. Um, and I, I love this from the perspective because, you know, a lot of, I hear a lot of people, especially in tech industries, like always, uh, the customer service sucks. <laughs> and it's like, why? Like, then it's like the clients or customers are always unsatisfied. And I'm always like questioning it's not that customers are annoyed or customers are nagging. It actually is a deeper thing. It is because the employees and, and customer service is not being treated well. And that is not because of them, because they are unsatisfied, but because they don't have this engagement and they don't have the communication with the top management or it's not like really the top management in that is not taking care of that that part that is directly connected with the customer service or the customer yeah. right yeah 
So I I love that you said like, you know, it has to come, they have to be satisfied in order for your customer to be such a big awareness. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even, you know, sometimes customers, it's their their own lack of knowledge. And one could say it's the customer's fault. We never say that. I, and and, it, and if, if one of my people kind of alludes to that, I mean, I, you know, we use different tools for support. We use Zendesk. So everything is documented and my, my people are great. But uh, if even if a customer is being unreasonable, it's like, well, think, put, be in their shoes. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the first, because we're in television, one of the first questions I ask and I tell my, pe- my support people to ask, when are you going on the air? Mm-hmm. You know, are you, it, it's five to, to one, are you going on the air in five minutes or tomorrow or five days? You know, the answer you're hoping for is, oh, I'm testing everything out. We're going on the air next week. Right. But so then you can gauge how serious this is. If they're like, I'm on the air right now and I'm experiencing a problem, we need to solve it's that panic, problem. panic, right? And, and, and when, you know, a lot of, co- and I, I, I attribute to lack of training. Uh, I'm sure we've all been there where, uh, D, it's your fault. You didn't plug the computer in correctly. Or, um, you know, you got to step the person through it. Is the computer plugged in? Is it on? Is it, um, don't assume anything. You know, I think patience is, is, mm. is the best, uh, best, uh, recipe and, and, you know, just, just, just stepping through it. And, and then a lot, a lot of times too, a vendor will say, it's not my equipment, it's something else you're using. We don't immediately pass the buck. So, well, let's dig a little deeper. Let's prove that it's that other piece of equipment. And then if, if it's determined that's that, I will go look up, uh, if it's a vendor we don't work with, I'll go look up the support number for the customer. You know what? It, it, it's this XYZ widget over here that's causing the problem. Here's their tech support number. Give them a call. If you still have problems, call us back. Mm. Mm. You know, so, so cool. I, I think it, it's all in how, uh, you know, someone, uh, uh, I had a problem with something and it was like very curtly, did you plug it in? Now, if I wanted to communicate that, hey, D, um, let's start with some of the basics. I assume you have it plugged in. I assume you turned it on. Mm. Uh, I assume you tried this or that. You know, like, did you do this? Did you do that? You know, kind of curtly. Yeah. Because the tech people maybe don't have the social skills naturally. Yeah. Wow. But they could be taught that. One-on-one communication. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, you know, a lot of times I might be the smartest person in the room. And a lot of times I may not be. Mm. A lot of times, a lot of my customers are smarter than me. For sure. Uh, or smarter than me in certain areas. They bring me in in my area of expertise. So if you go in and you listen, uh, you can really figure out what's going on, whose mm-hmm. fault it is, and correct the problem. Walk into the room. I want to solve the problem. And mm-hmm. and customers remember that. You know, some other vendor's widget was misbehaving. I was familiar with it. I solved the problem. Uh, and the customer remembers that. Jim, Jim not only fixes his own gear, Jim's team fixes other people's gear too. Wow, you know, that is it, such a such a big um, ability. Like really, really cool that you have that, and also the awareness. Like we are here to solve problems, regardless. 
Um, so I just want to say. Well, it's our mission statement. Right, yeah, we're, right. we're problem solvers. Right? We're problem solvers and there's an asterisk, mm -hmm. you know, only innovation, you know. Oh, wow. It's so cool. Um, so now being 13 years in this business, um, what is exciting for you? It's always the, the the new opportunity, the the, the new challenge. Uh, one. So where of, are you heading? So what what is your vision? Where where is uh, innovation heading now? We're 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 doing more and more. Uh, I don't know if you've heard this that um, you know COVID has increased productivity, but creativity has gone down. So I I described that example where I am with. Grant Nodine and his guy at the NHL conference room, we were in a whiteboard. Yeah, there's tools to do whiteboarding with Zoom. And, you know, your picture is pretty good. I, I, I can see your expression, but it's not the same as being in the same room. You, you know, so I think that collaborative uh, element has, has been lost. Uh, so now in television, even before COVID, you may have heard this too, that, that COVID uh, yes, yeah, some new technologies were invented because of COVID, or it was more that technologies that were already there were accelerated, or their use was accelerated. So I'll give you an example. So for seven or eight years, we've been promoting uh, this concept in television uh, at home production. So what does that mean? So I don't know if you've ever seen like behind the scenes for uh, you're in Europe, so a European football game there's big tractor trailer trucks in the parking lot and they run the cameras to those trucks. Then from the truck, it goes on satellite or fiber to broadcast the, the event to the world. At home production means your trucks stay at home. You do it at the studio. You don't need trucks on site. So with COVID where 50, 100 people were not allowed at the sporting venue, it was kind of a necessity. So we have technology uh, that uses cellular, you know, cell phone uh, technology to stream live video over cellular. So uh, about four years ago, I like to, to say that we helped invent a new television category here in the US, uh, live reality TV. So reality, and is it is reality TV big in Europe too, as it is here in the U.S.? Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, they, they put a bunch of lunatics in a confined space and, and then- People get so excited yeah. about other people's lives. I, I don't yeah. get it. <laughs> or, or uh, you know, uh, Hell's Kitchen with Gordon Ramsay and they, they put professional oh, that's chefs- actually good. More, that's actually like, good. I love I, Gordon Ramsay. I, I, I love, so I love Hell's Kitchen. Love, yeah, he, he was a football player as a young kid, right? He, he, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think so he was cool. a football player. Yes. Um, I, I often say that uh, I have because I have passion for food. In another life, mm -hmm. I could have been a chef. Or you I, were I loved, a chef. I, no, I would. In another life. If or I you did it were, over, I want to come back as a chef. Oh, you you might. Uh, yeah, I could you... see that because I have a lot of passion for that. So <laughs> live live reality TV. So so we were approached maybe four, maybe going on five years ago. Um, this crazy sh TV show called Live PD. Um, there was an American show called Cops, uh, where they follow policemen with cameras, but it was it was recorded, and then edited. 
cops recently came back. Um, I don't know if you get those shows in, in Europe. So it was a similar concept, except now, can we do it live? And the technology didn't exist. And uh, um, the, the producers of the show had already announced the show. The technology they had didn't work. And, you know, we came in in the 11th hour and uh, working with the uh, technical consultant, we figured it out. We had the technology to do it. And it made this live reality TV show possible. And it uses the cellular uh, uh, technology. So, so that was another kind of linchpin. And now we're trying to scale that fascinating so fascinating i love so so a lot of innovation and um what i'm hearing also like really you are kind of a trailblazer yeah <laughs> and it, yes. it, it, i see the excitement and i also see how passionate you are also regardless of being in this industry for 30 years like it, it still feels like oh it's still yes. something it's still something yes. to bring to the table i still get excited yes. Yeah. We, we we now, uh, you know, so fast forward, currently now we're using uh, the technology for golf, the PGA. So the PGA, I'm sure in your country with your, use your hockey league as, as an example, right? You have the professional at the top, then you have a, a minor league, different professional, and then you have amateur leagues, right? And you work your way up to be a professional, yeah. right? Um, same thing in American baseball and same thing in, 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 uh, golf in mm. the U S so, um, different tours, the corn Ferry tour, for example, it's, uh, the, the top professional tour is the master's tour. Uh, you get the green jacket when you win the masters. That's, that's your prize. I mean, <laughs> I think you get a trophy too, but it's like, you get, you get the, the jacket, um, the but you have jacket. to qualify. Yeah, you have to qualify to get to that level to even be in the tournament. So the 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 league below the Masters doesn't quite have the sponsorship and the budget to get coverage. But now we live in a world where everyone wants more TV. Netflix is streaming. Every every studio has a streaming platform. So so. There's this demand for more content. So the PGA is using this cellular technology to cover tournaments that normally wouldn't be covered. Or the traditional NBC, uh, CBS Sports, Turner Sports covers the final round on the weekend during prime time. But then during the week, the rounds leading up to the final round, that goes on the golf channel. It goes on the internet and that's on with the cellular technology. So in some cases, it replaces the old way of doing it. And in other cases, it supplements it. And it's not by accident. You know, it's a lot of hard work. You know, me and my, my sales team, you know, we're, we're on the phone every day talking to customers. Um, these opportunities just don't magically appear. You, you know, you got to do your marketing. You got to do your email blasts, your social media. Um uh, we speaking do of, of which, speaking of which, I love this part because um, a lot of people, you know, think that, and we are back to where we talked, is this like, I'm just in the right place or the right time. Success leaves clues. It's not just something that you, it magically appears. Um, 
and I love that you are so intentional and, and conscious about you have to do the work. You have to be in the arena. And the yeah. fact that you're CEO of the company and still talking to the customers, that just shows how committed you are to that, to, yeah. to creating bigger solutions for your clients. So remarkable. Yeah. So cool. Tell us where can people find out more about Vidovation? <laughs> yeah, Vidovation. Sometimes uh, I was telling you earlier, sometimes people want to put an E in there. It's it's Vidovation, V-I-D-O-V-A-T-I-O-N.com. Uh, my name is rather unique. There is one other Jim Jaquetta, and coincidentally, he's in Southern California. So I have a clone somewhere here in Southern California. Uh, my, 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 you can find me on all social media, Twitter, or if you just Google my name, Jim Jaquetta, J-A-C-H-E-T-T-A. -T -T uh, you can find me on, on all the social media platforms. Uh, you can give us a call at 949-777-5435. Well, your your audience is quite global, right? Yes. It's so you a, want to put a plus one, a plus one in front of that. Plus have, one, nine four nine seven seven. We still have the biggest listenerships uh, listenership in in US. So we 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 yeah, it's crazy how this. Section. Oh, I love I love podcasts. I I, I listen to books on audio and podcasts. Me too. Um, that's how I trick myself into doing exercise. That's ah, so good. That I listen to something. That's my reward, you know? Yeah, that's so fun. We're going to put all the links in the show notes so you guys can connect right. with Jim, send him a, a message or something. Um, we also put the, the website so you guys can check that, check out their services. Um, I want to wrap this up with a question that we ask all our guests, um, what would you say that was your biggest, what was the biggest fear that you had in your business and you, you needed to overcome that fear? And now when you look back, it's like, oh, I'm so glad that I did this because it's such a big success. Well, yeah. So, so when, when I started about 13 years ago, marketing was all about the, the inbound. You know, uh, the founders of HubSpot uh, wrote the book, Inbound, I believe was the name of the book. And uh, so so that was, you know, again, it kind of dovetailed into what I said earlier. I thought my customers would follow me. What's Jim doing? What's Jim up to these days? And uh, I had to go, I had to reach back out to them. A few people kept in touch, a few key people. So, so and I was all about the inbound and, and then, Interesting enough, the, the, the CTO of HubSpot wrote Inbound, then the CEO wrote a book called Outbound. And for a marketing company to realize that there was a missing piece, it's Inbound and Outbound. Now HubSpot has developed a CRM, which is an outbound tool for making phone calls and whatnot. And, and we actually started using HubSpot recently um, uh, for those reasons. So so that was the, the pivot that I'll make this amazing marketing machine and everyone will follow me. All my loyal customers will follow me. And some did, but there was, that wasn't enough to get them over the mountain. You know, what the, you know, I had to reach out and call them. I had to hire salespeople to help with that. So inbound and outbound, you know, I guess as us entrepreneurs, the moral of the story is we have to be good at everything. Yeah, or, and, or we and, have to know enough, a, a little bit to hire the right people. Right, right. That's the key. 
Um, was at any point you had an expectation that they will follow? Was at any point that resistance, oh, now I need to reach out and ask them for something? Was there a resistance? Well, yeah, the, the, the phone just wasn't ringing. So, so you, you know, I, I, you know, people were opening my emails and, and whatnot. So uh, I hired a really amazing vice president of sales, Rick Anderson. He, amazing. He is one of the, I, 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 I'm not just saying this because you might listen to this. He really is the best salesperson I ever worked he's with. He's still on the team after 13 years. He's still on the team. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's been everything. with me about seven, six or seven years. Oh, now. Okay. Okay. okay um, cool. um, and I had some good people before him, but exceptional, exceptional. So I think that's the lifeblood too. I think sometimes as founders, we want to do everything and mm -hmm. things that we either don't have time to do mm -hmm. or we're not good at, we have to delegate. That is perfect closing. I love this because I am very obsessed with this. Um, do what you do best and outsource the rest. That is my philosophy in my business. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> do what you do best and outsource the rest. It rhymes. Yes. yes, just be in your genius. Like, you know, what is more fulfilling than, you know, I, I feel that you love your work and it's like, it doesn't do. feel like work, right? Um, and this is such a great message. I think everyone has this, incredible potential to to live the life of their dreams that when they really do what they love and it's you know and it's not work it's if, not if work, you do right? what you love every day is not work yes there, there's drudgery you know something with a spreadsheet or payroll <laughs> but payroll is important that's how right. i serve my yes. employees wow yeah it's all about payroll service. i may not love doing it but uh, there's a higher purpose to it. Right, you know? right. So I always try to think, you know, I don't love what I'm doing right now. You know, what would my dad do? What's the higher purpose for this? So try to find that that silver lining in whatever you're doing. Beautiful. And the last question that I actually promised that I'm going to ask you, <laughs> because we are both kind of foodies and movies, <laughs> movie junks. So what is, um, and I'm very emotional, like I am so emotional, especially with the Kind of a sensitive topics um what is the most what is the movie what what is the movie that makes you cry like <laughs> very emotional so so like a typical guy i like my you know shoot 'em up you know gangster bank robber movies so my wife's like oh you love all those shoot 'em ups but indestructibles find, yeah but then i find these these gems that you know rom-com or whatever um i don't know if it's emotional but what what i'm watching right now i don't know if it's brand new or not i think it's on apple tv little america and it's these 45 50 minute little vignettes of an immigrant coming to the u.s and um the story it's so well done so like one story I think um, an Asian Indian family comes to the U.S. and they have a 12-year-old son. They're running a hotel and the parents are suddenly deported. Their immigration papers are no good. So they have to go back to India. And I guess because the child was born here, he could stay. And he had to stay with this aloof uncle who didn't care. It left the kid alone most of the time. So this 12-year-old kid runs this motel for five years till his parents can come back. Um, and it's just an amazing moving story. And, you know, you think the kid would resent the parents, you know, for leaving him. And 
you know, just such a such a great story. They eventually sort out, and it's just like little stories like that 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 mm. are, and, and there's there's always um, overcoming a challenge. So good. Um, but they're all, you know, and that's the American the story of America. Very few of us were, you know, culturally born here. <laughs> you know, unless you're a Native American, we all came on a boat of some sort. So, so, so I, I don't know. I just, it's really great. Little America. It's not. It's so interesting because um, here in Sweden, we, Sweden is very multicultural country. Mm. We, we have, that was, I moved here 10 years ago from Slovenia. My parents are from Bosnia. So I always had this like colorful culture in me. And when I, when I moved here, I was like, I was really blown away how open. Open. Yeah it is to, to this country to diversity and inclusion and all this stuff that are kind of like coming up because of different situations but i i see sweden i always saw sweden as as a very open country to to difference to to um yeah and i love that i'm definitely going to check it out little america it sounds fun. little america yeah yeah I, I, uh, I don't know if there's multiple seasons i've watched like maybe four or five um I watched one last night and uh, the the people went to a retreat and their vow of silence. Mm. So I'm watching the whole thing and I'm like, these all look like Americans. Where's the foreigner? Whatever. So finally the vow of silence is over and, and like this man and this woman kind of had this silent connection with each other. Uh, very powerful. And when when the when the veil was lifted, the the guy was American, the girl was from France, and she starts rattling off in French. Oh my goodness, I came from France. I don't know what I'm doing. I finally found my, you know, so it's like, aha. It, it was like the last two minutes. Oh, and then they show a couple of photos of the real person. Wow. You know, so you know, you see the actor or the actress is this similar, you know, oh, there's the real one. And you know, one woman, her calling she made it by making cookies she was from nigeria and she became the cookie lady don't tell me and everything i'm gonna yeah yeah yeah, I, I <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're. Wow. Well, so, thank so you cool. d i i could go on for another hour <laughs> i know i know like isn't it wonderful that we get to connect all the way from stockholm to anaheim um, yes and we just find this this ten thousand miles right? like that. yeah um technology right that's right <laughs> should that's be right. super grateful for that um so thank you so much jim for for joining me today for this lovely conversation and yeah we speak soon somewhere yes, in the thanks, world Steve. maybe if i'll I meet come you in new york i'll meet you in stockholm yes, yes. <laughs> thank you so much Ciao. You thank you for having me Thank you so, 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 so much, you beautiful soul, for taking the time to jump in today and listen to this episode. I know you could be doing a gazillion other things, and I don't take this lightly. I really, truly, deeply appreciate your time and your support. And if you love this episode, please subscribe if you haven't yet and leave us a review at reviewthispodcast.com forward slash insider. 
let me say this again, reviewthispodcast.com forward slash insider. You can leave a review on any device, which makes this super easy and sexy and really helps me to reach more people just like you. And with that being said, I am sending you a daily dose of vitamin D. I love you so much and I'm so grateful for you. Until next time, fearless dreamer. Mwah.